I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. Seth, once again, we find ourselves without Marcus. His new job hasn't doing a lot of stuff. Yep. But, uh, so... We will soldier we're talking, on. Yeah. We'll carry on to Marcus's name. We were just talking about this a second ago, but it feels like this last week nothing happened, but also so many things did happen. Yeah, this last week has been one of the weirdest ever since during the during the pandemic and during the, the protest time. I was just it was like you said it was a, at the same time everything was like on mute and everything was on blast at the same time. I don't I didn't know what to think. It's like uh like the pandemic is starting to overtake the protests again as the main sort of like thrust of the conversation online. Yeah. And the news because hey, guess what? It's coming back. <laughs> Just like we, everybody said it would. Yep. It didn't go anywhere, and uh, a lot of states, including the ones we live in, are very much back open. Um, if you if you do end up going outside, it looks like nothing ever changed. People are out. Nobody's wearing masks. It's rough. Um, the what's his name? Jeff Jackson, I think, the senator of North Carolina, did a release today about how numbers have gone up. There's a lot of ICU patients, um, COVID cases are at an all, pretty much an all-time high as far as like uh, positive test cases go, and they're talking about what to do, but the general consensus um, obviously is, oh, there's no way they can shut back down. No way. And it's uh, kind of scary. Yeah. And we talked about it before, but the reason that they're not going to shut down anymore is because the money's not there for unemployment. It's just not. Yeah. And even though jobs have not come back at all no. from this, they can't afford to keep... Because I mean, the Bernie money runs out in July. That'll be fucked. And then after that, I don't know, man. Like, the thing is, the jobs aren't coming back. It's like they you would think that when they're opening things up again, the jobs will come back, but they're not. Yeah. And it's like one of those things that I, th- that I theorized about when all this started was I feel like there's going to be a lot of job losses. And then even once the economy is back open... People aren't going to start hiring again. They're going to be like, oh, I can just do without all these employees, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're just going to be like, all right, I cut off. You know, I'm, I'm making more money now with less people. So it's not, even when the economy is back, they're not going to want to hire people again. We'll a see marginal increases. A lot of companies are currently learning that they didn't actually need an office. Hell, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm on board for that one. I mean, which is good, I think, in, in a way, but it's like they're learning that they don't actually have to, to give you a place to work at, you know, like, you can do it from home. And, I, and for, for me and you, like we said, we're privileged in that yeah. our jobs are good enough we can do from home pretty much with our equipment we already have. But for, like, when, I, when, I, my, when my work went to work from home, I was astounded by how many of my coworkers did not have computers at home. Don't have computers, don't know how to use a computer, even though they use one no. every day. Like, you can tell that some people have jobs where they have to use a computer and everything is so cookie cutter, they can just get by without knowing anything. Yeah. Um, it's They'll pretty funny. They'll call me to ask, ask a question or whatever, and I'm not even oh, the most yeah. fucking tech-savvy person, so... But it's, I mean, it'll, be, it'll be stupid shit. Like, you know, how do I print, you know, from this particular thing I've never printed before? I'm like, well, you probably go to file print. Yeah, you probably <laughs> have to have a printer also here at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first step. But it was truly because we hear it before this before this pandemic. I didn't have webcam. I didn't want to have a webcam. I have mine from work right now that I use to do this podcast. You and to do work calls. But I'm just astounded behind any folks just like needed a laptop from work because they had no work computer. And I can't imagine trying to do the job that I do with a laptop with one screen with the amount of shit that we get to look at at once. 
So, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, that's what I was doing and, right before, um, like, during the first week of the pandemic, I was, or first week of work from home with the pandemic, I was using just my laptop, and then they were about to close our office down. They're like, if you need any equipment, go get it now. So I went and got a docking station, and now I'm able to use a monitor, because that would suck. My job is very yeah. hard to do on a, on a laptop. And, uh, I think it was really interesting to me how many people, uh, Got a very fast crash course in video conferencing. Uh, and still haven't gotten it right. No. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, my, my job now uses Zoom. Yeah, Zoom is a big one. Mine uses Skype. We always have. And yeah, it's like, you know, all the memes on the internet, they're true. It's like fucking, there'll be a person on the call who has just the loudest background sound, whether it be a baby or a fucking random appliance in their house. And then everyone on the call will say, hey, someone has background noise, can you turn it off? And that, that's the one person who just won't respond, they, because they can't hear it, you, because of all this background noise, yeah. and they don't even think to do it. And it's just, like, so annoying. Yeah. But I think a lot of a lot of jobs are going to look around, and they're going to say, hey, we didn't need an office in the first place, so we're out of here. Yeah. I mean, my job doesn't have that, because I work at a university, so... They own the fucking property outright, and so they're gonna they're making us come back. They're like, yeah. "You will, your ass will be here." When do you have to go back to work? Uh, right now, the current plan is July twentieth. Okay. Oh wow, that's kind of farther out than I thought. I thought it was gonna be like next week or something. But two days ago on a Saturday, Georgia topped. No, no, no sorry, Georgia set a new record in terms of new cases and made the top five. We were number three with 1,800 new cases in a day. Top five and something, finally. I know. Right, yeah, man. Coming for number one, I promise. And yesterday, the world as a whole added 180,000 new cases, up from 160 the last day before yeah. that. I think it's the and biggest spike ever like since the pandemic started, I think. Yeah, and well, now they're saying that because, because we've, we've tried and failed to lock down from now on, we're just going to see increases every day until it reaches some theoretical plateau. But no one knows, no one knows when that'll be. Yeah, and plus those numbers going up, it's not just like pe- it's not like pe- some people are getting sick. It's like people are dying. If you're saying, "Oh, we're just going to let those numbers go up," that's like we're just going to let a couple hundred thousand people die, probably. Yeah, and it's not even just the deaths either. It's the the maiming that some people are having from this. That's the crazy part, right? Because that, that movie Contagion we watched, you know, yes. that everyone was so obsessed with it started. That disease, either you got really sick and got better, or you just fucking died. Yeah. The movie never went into the fact that, like, what or what's happening now with COVID, where I'm looking at people coming out of this shit with, like, lungs that look like fucking cream cheese. I haven't even seen this either. Yeah, man, there was a girl. We talked last week. She got her lungs, her lungs replaced. You yeah, yeah, those? yeah, yeah. The transplants, and then there was a rapper. I can't remember his name. He's like a low, you know. He's like he's not like a high tier rapper or yeah. whatever. But he's been sick for two straight months, and it has now moved on from his lungs to his liver and his kidneys, and it's attacking him there now. And he now just, he does daily dialysis now for the rest of his life, just forever, because his kidneys are shot by this disease. Yeah, I haven't even heard about all the, the the lingering effects of the disease. Actually, that's kind of crazy. I would actually. I would actually feel better if it was a 25% chance to die because then I would just get it and get better or die and I'd be done with it. But now it's like, you don't know. Maybe you won't even know you fucking have it. Maybe you'll die. Maybe you'll fucking get Swiss cheese lungs. Maybe you'll be on dialysis for your life. It's just like, I don't like the fact that there's so many crazy outcomes that can happen for you. Yeah. And it's it's so crazy because I'll talk to people, like coworkers or friends, and it's like, oh, what do you do this weekend? I'm always like, you know. Fucking play video games, stay at home. They're like, oh, I went to the beach, I went to the fucking mall, I went and did this, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and people, the craziest enemy is people who are just like, they're like, don't even, don't you even put a mask on your face? That's that's you giving in, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, the worst case scenario is I wear a mask for no reason. Mm-hmm. The best case scenario is some people don't die. Like, I'll take yeah, exactly. those odds for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there was this, there was this, uh, it's a miniature horse farm in like Indianapolis or something. And they had, sometimes miniature horses, they go and take them to hospitals for kids to play with, you know, cheer them up or whatever. And there's like, they posted a picture of an incredibly cute miniature horse and a little kid 
and they're playing with each other. The kid is wearing a mask, and the Facebook comments were all like, don't make that kid wear a mask, that sick child in the hospital. Don't do that. You're fucking, you're taking away our freedom, you stupid mini horse farm. So then the mini horse farm had to go and delete, like, they had to go and remove comments from all their posts, because people can't even be happy about anything these days. It's, dude, it's seriously, it's a, it's, it, this has become another front in the culture war. Yes. Yes. It's what it is. How did this happen? How do we turn the basic idea of disease prevention into a culture war issue? Yeah. It, it, it really had, it's like, oh, if you, if you wear a mask, then you're some, you know, hippie liberal leftist. And it's like, yeah. it's like they just slump you into one category. And it's like, I mean, maybe, but also maybe we should just do it anyway. Like, maybe everyone needs to swallow their pride and just be like, hey, this is what we have to do right now. And if we don't do it, if we don't just do it for now, I mean, for who knows how long, it could even could be a year, God forbid, I'll, I'll, be, I'll take away our liberty right there, um, mm-hmm. then we want to do it in the future. But if we don't do it now, then we're going to be all wearing gas masks in the future because it's going to be a nuclear holocaust. So, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we weigh out our options here. I saw a guy uh, who made a, I mean, to be fair, a pretty fucking excellent troll argument that uh, if you believe that abortion should be legal, then you should also believe that people should not be required to wear masks because you want to control your body, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see the galaxy brain steps there. But I was like, but my friend, if you're pregnant, there's no chance that, unless you're, unless you're, you know that your child will be a serial killer, there's no chance that's going to harm anybody for you to be pregnant around them. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You fucking yeah, and it's like it's not like being pregnant and getting it's not like getting an abortion is contagious. It's not like if you get an abortion, a bunch of other babies die. You know, it's like yeah, it's just something you did and you're done with. It's just like the the amount of people who are trying to make this into like a fucking culture war thing. It's like if you start if you wear a mask, well, hey, you see, Trump even said that he said that if you wear a mask, you're actually saying you don't like me as a president. Okay, well, I'm wearing a mask every day, buddy. It's like, but but that's that's where his mind went, you know, is that people who are do, are wearing masks yeah. are doing it to like performatively say I don't like Trump. Yeah, it's funny. He I uh, saw in his speech recently he discovered what statistics are because he's like, oh yeah, of course, if you test more people, you're going to see more positive cases. So we just stop testing. And then he said to stop testing so much. Yep. And uh, one of his advisors was like, oh, no, that was just a tongue-in-cheek comment. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. He's a fucking idiot. What are you talking about? He wants, he wants people to think this isn't real. Um, so I did want to... This is, this is something maybe you think about um, earlier. <laughs> this really probably shouldn't be very funny, right? But it is to me. So there's this website that used to be uh, well, it's a part of something awful, but uh, they used to post crazy shit, right? But they post a website called uh, Our Little Angels, and it was about okay. women posting pictures of their babies that didn't survive, their, uh, their miscarriages and all that kind of stuff. So like ultrasounds and stuff? Sometimes, yeah, but also sometimes the pictures of what, they, what eventually exited their body. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It was god. not meant to be gross or gore. It was like, this is my little angel. This is my, my, my child that went to heaven or oh whatever. Oh my god. Someone, someone posted in response to it, your poison womb is making heaven too fucking crowded. Oh my god. That's all I can think right now. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like that lady in Game of Thrones with the jars full of her aborted feet or her, her miscarriages, remember? Yeah. I mean, well, at least the internet isn't around in Westeros, because then she'd just be posting everywhere, and everyone would have to know. Luckily, it's just people who know her. Yeah. Oh my just, god. Your poison womb is making heaven too fucking crowded. I love it, dude. And you just post it there, and you're just like, oh, here's... I mean, whatever it could be. I don't, I don't never seen what that looks like, a miscarriage looks like before. I'm sure it's not pretty, it's just like a lump of meat, basically. And you just post it, and you're like, hey, this is cool. And people comment on it, and they're like, oh, beautiful. Is that what happens on that website? I never went to it, man. I just saw the funny comments someone made on it. Whew. Man. You, you, ever, you went to the bodies exhibit, right? When they had that in Atlanta? Yeah. 
you didn't go into the abortion or the the, the fetus room? I probably did, but I was in high school. It probably just, mm. you know, drew a bunch of dicks on stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's not that it's it just it's not that exciting. If you just saw it and didn't know the context, you would think, "Well, that's just a weird, gross piece of meat." Yeah. You wouldn't know what it is. Make like you see a baby face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, so I guess we should talk for a moment about the rally that Trump had in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which uh, very auspiciously was scheduled on on Juneteenth, and they moved it back one day because of that. Um, and also in the city where the uh, the Tulsa uh, race massacre happened, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Famously um, named for the, for the place that it happened in. Yeah. Well, people call it the Tulsa race riot. And I yeah. say that's not... And uh, what's it, it uh, Blackwall Street massacre? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how, how these things get named. Like, they call these riots for having now riots, but it's the police that are rioting. You know, you gotta name people who are doing it, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, so we um, call them the police riots. Yeah. So, Trump went and had his rally, and so you've heard, obviously, the big story is that turnout was low. Yeah, and it's apparently it's because of K-poppers and TikTokers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they say that, because you could reserve a ticket for free. Yeah. There's no cost to get in. And so, apparently, they, on TikTok, there was going around this big uh, meme to go reserve a ticket to the Trump rally, and they said they had, like, 800,000 reservations or whatever, yeah. and they expected it to be, like, this big blowout and it wasn't. It was like 6,000 people total. Isn't it weird that, like, K-pop is more politically active than most other groups in the world? Well, it's because K-pop stands are insane. Yeah, they're wild. They will do anything. If you can direct them towards a cause, they'll they'll do it. And and I do think they have some ideology. It probably wouldn't align with Nazis or whatever. Yeah, no. Um... But they are pretty much wild as shit if you if you if you direct them in the right way. Yeah, they do seem to be kind of liberal and lean a little left sometimes. Seems to Before be this, actually, the uh, the K-pop stands flooded the snitch apps for yeah. Houston, Texas. Yep, they just put a bunch of like random like videos and shit in there to get it taken down. Yeah, it's just they couldn't you couldn't find any actual snitching because you were too busy watching K-pop gifts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good. I did see good on K-pop. Korea had uh, their own Black Lives Matter protest. Did you see this? No. Korea's been doing a little bit. There was a, it's so funny. Their little sign is it has. But the, it's the not my North or South Korea. <laughs> Both. Uh, well, the, the, there's their signs. They have the little "fuck the police" font, you know, from NWA. Yeah. But it says "strongly dislike the police." <laughs> Very peaceful protests. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Actually, there was a, a crazy lady who was running for Congress who accused, because AOC, I guess, got on Twitter and was like, yeah, K-pop stands, you did it. And she was like, did she just solicit northern and southern Korean terrorists for help? Yes. So we, you know, indict her? Yes, of course. That's what she was doing. Yeah, all those all those North Korean internet users and their K-pop. And all their, uh, their, their freedom to have ideals and opinions on the internet as well. Um, we're going to cancel and stuff. Yeah, dude. I mean, as we all know, Dennis Rodman speaks for all of North Korea, so whatever he thinks about the issue is the official opinion. I talk about the the Juche people here in America. The what people? The Juche left. What's that mean? I don't know this. There's folks who think that uh, North Korea is a socialist nation and should be defended. Interesting. I mean... It's... It's not, but it's very funny that he'll think that. It's like people who defend Assad in Syria. Look, I got no problem. Fuck, I don't give a shit what's happening in, Sur- in Syria. I'm sorry. I know it's bad. Yeah. But there are folks who are like, we're leftists, so we support Assad because America doesn't like him. And I'm like, just because someone doesn't, li- just because someone you don't like doesn't like someone else does not make you their friend. You don't have to like them. Yeah, the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend thing. That's not real. Sometimes the enemy of your enemy is just a, a, another person. Maybe your enemy as right. well. Who knows? Like, the U.S. government does technically classify the KKK as a terrorist organization, but it does not make them my friends. Yeah, no, not, not at all. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, Sean, I mean, people, we're talking about people apologizing for North Korea and Assad, but we're not even, I mean, people are still, I mean, all of a sudden, Nazis are cool. Not Nazis oh, yeah. in the history are there. They were actually the good guys the whole time, apparently. 
people are like going really, really. I mean, Nazi apologism is getting really heavy. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. And dude. I think you saw an example of it in a, a popular television show. Now, I want to hear more about this. Yeah, we talked. I think we may have mentioned it in passing, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Two uh, is where it's set in 1939, and uh, there's Nazis, and they call them the Wehrmacht. But I know uh, an SS uniform when I see one. Yeah, and it's like the Nazis are friendly towards JoJo and his pals, and then one Nazi whose name is Mark, because you know all those Nazis <laughs> named Mark. Mark the Nazi. This new antagonist of the show just literally walks right through him and just, like, destroys half of his body. And as he's dying, everyone's tearing up and so sad about the Nazi mark. And then there's a Nazi who keeps coming back, and he's he's their cyborg Nazi ally. And at the end of the show, or the end of that season, I'm just going to spoil it for you, it's like everyone gets an epilogue. And his is, he dies in Stalingrad. <laughs> he dies at the Battle of Stalingrad. At least they're historically accurate. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and the fact that he was a cyborg, definitely historically accurate. Yeah, that was mainly <laughs> what I was referring to. Yeah. But it's so weird that there's like, and, and, and at one point, JoJo is only surviving because he has a Nazi warplane that he's flying to get away from the main antagonist. And I'm like, what is happening right now? I don't understand what's happening. But then you find out that the, 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 one of the main characters in the first part goes on to be a capitalist, and he is deeply allied with the Italians. And as we all know, the Italians were fascists in World War II. Yeah, and then he's bit. also in bed. At the end, the Nazis show up using his technology to fight. <laughs> and you're just like, what? Like, is it a Henry Ford reference? Like, is that what we're going for here? Mm, maybe. I don't know. That, that, the more you turn out the show, the more I, like, slow down my progress on watching it. Because you need to watch it. It's, it's insane. It, it seems a little bit much for me. But uh, I did see something else recently. Well, you know, Trump obviously talking about Antifa and all this kind of stuff. I can't believe that the word Antifa has entered the common lexicon now. Yeah. It's like That's something, something you hear on CNN. You hear pretty often. Three years ago, four years ago, no one heard of Antifa. No? Here we are now. And so... But the thing I, that I really got to me, right, was you are thinking about our current government and their goals. we got concentration camps on the borders. Yep. We're, the cops are fighting a fucking genocidal race war against black people in this country. We're basically, for all intents and purposes, we're, we're a fascist nation that is run badly. Like, a competent fascist nation, we're doing a lot better than we are. Yeah, for sure. They, they could have handled the fucking coronavirus pretty easily. But I was watching a classic film from American canon, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Uh, probably one of the best war films yeah, I've I'd ever seen. I'd say a top five war film. And, I mean, again, very surprising to me how it really goes hard on showing you the horror of war. Like, that opening scene on Omaha Beach pulls no fucking punches. Yeah. It's, uh, it's heavy. And you people see people fucking just shredded. get mowed down. I mean, it's historically accurate from what I understand. Like, that's how it was. And, I mean, if you think about it with your brain for a second, you would be like, oh, yeah, of course. They had machine guns. They would, of course, be slicing dudes in half yeah. on the beach. It's not all glory and fucking... It's not like, oh, hey, we evaded Omaha Beach and we won. It's like, okay, but what, what did that take? What, what, what did it cost <laughs> what us did to it do cost? that? But now, I watched Saving Private Ryan, right? And I had a hard time connecting to it like I did before. Like, obviously, I'm not, I'm not down with... Like, World War II is one of those wars you could look back and you could say, okay, yeah, we had to do that one, right? That one, yeah. pretty justified to, to do that. But then you think about all those dudes who fucking die in that movie and died in real life. You know, the real soldiers who, who conscripts, who died, you know, not of their own choice on, on European soil. Yeah. What did they, like, we're just, the, the Nazis just won, right? Like, in the end, they're back. They got a different name. Yeah. I mean, it's but they're back. it's strange, and it's it's I don't know. It's weird because all the people who are you know such big history buffs and are all about you know America's military tactical fucking nature, and they're the ones who've become Nazis all of a sudden. And it's like you love America so much, and you love World War Two. You feel like you'd at least root against the bad guys. Yeah, 
And it's just so, it's mind-boggling. It's the whole thing about how, like, like how people who like My Little Pony are also Nazis somehow. It's like, why, why do these two things intersect? Why, yeah. why is it the people who should hate Nazis are Nazis, and people who love magical ponies are also Nazis? What, what, where do all these, where, where is this Venn diagram at? I need it. Yeah, I don't know how you do what they do. Like, you're fucking talking about your favorite pony whose name is, like, Sparkle Bright or some shit, and how she represents the racial purity of Western Europe before the, the grim allies came in and enforced Jewish hegemony. Hegemony? Hegemony. Hegemony. And I don't know, man. It's just like, what you think about all these guys who died in World War II, and of course, they didn't die to defeat fascism. Not really. Like, it was a, it was a... America went in not we didn't go in to defeat fucking fascism. We went in to beat the other the big guy on the block who was attacking our allies, right? Before he got big enough to attack us. Mm-hmm. Get him while he's while he can't do anything to us. But the the propaganda we're sold on, you know, that it was a just war, that we had to go in and beat the Nazis and save the Jews. And we all know that's bullshit. Yeah. But even if you accepted that, capitalism in America has just led us back to fascism. Just we slow rolled it. Yeah. It just shows it's one of the many failings of capitalism and then just all the stuff that stems from it from, from there on out. Like when we talk about the we talked about the other day off podcast, but like the television show The Wire. One thing that Wire does really well, maybe not particip- not pertaining to capitalism, what it does is each season it goes through and breaks down why one American industry whatever you want to call it one segment of american society is failing Mm -hmm. and you can apply the same logic to capitalism every ever since world war ii and even before then the writing has been on the wall stuff fails one by one by one and we're seeing it now with the police we're seeing it now with health department we're seeing it like some a lot of it is being brought to our attention like head on and people are addressing it but a lot of stuff still lingering that people don't even think about that's just really really wrong with capitalism I would make the argument that season two of The Wire is about the cap- the failure of capitalism. Yeah, the the dock season. I can say that. Yeah, the docks, and, and more specifically the unions and the breakdown of the middle class is that, I mean, what more, what bigger failure could there be of, of capitalism? If you can't keep the middle class going, you're going to fail eventually. Yep. <clears throat> and it makes you just wonder, you know? Like, and the thing is, The Wire came out, what, ten years ago? When did it end? It ended in 08, 07? So in those 12 years, or 13 years, or however long, shit has only gotten worse. Yeah, shit's not any better. Um, and and the, sadly, I saw the wire couldn't even exist today because the guy who wrote it is a idiot now. So it's like, you know, what do we even do? He's like a pro-cop, anti-union fucking weirdo now. Like, how do you write that show and turn into that? I don't understand it. Well, that's the thing is sometimes you can watch a show and like I look at it and I'm like, oh, well, you know, the cops and all these systems that are tied to them are pretty inefficient and kind of bad. But David Simon was more writing it as like, oh, no, the cops are good, but they just have to deal with a lot of bullshit. And it's like, and I mean, I can see where he's I can see like how he wrote it that way. It just kind of it kind of works both ways. And David Simon just, you know, didn't really get to the, the left part of it all. I think his argument really is that the cops are bad because the leadership is bad because people in charge are bad, which is not true. It's the you could put the, you could put the best people in charge of the police. They would turn. They would immediately come back to what it was before. Yeah, because that's how it's supposed to work. So yeah, I think David Simon's a fucking moron. Did he block you he on blo- Twitter? He blocked me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Because I made fun of him because his favorite thing to do is to call you two words together and think it's a genius thing to say. Like, he call you, like, a cock slap or a fuck nuggle, knuckle, something like that. Fuck yeah. nugget, maybe. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I'm a genius. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to 10 years ago on the internet, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he tapped himself out right in all those shows. He's just like, oh, <laughs> fucking, you're a duh, slap cock. Whatever. Next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not great. Um internet rhetoric you know you got you got to be a little more creative on twitter if you want to put somebody down yeah that's stuff that like white girls do now on twitter yeah yeah they're very they're in the the, the what is it the clap back uh 
lifestyle. To epic clapback. Yeah. You, did you see what happened, by the way? This is some totally minor internet drama, I guess. Did you see what happened with uh, the Internet Archive? No. It's getting taken down, dude. For what? Copyright infringement. Mm. Because D-list author Chuck Wendig, who's best known for writing for Star Wars and getting fired from Star Wars because he was so bad at it. What Star Wars? Um, he wrote some of the books. Oh. Like Aftermath and shit like that. He's a novelist. Yeah. Uh, he got he 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 claims he was fired because he was too progressive, but Pablo Hidalgo tweets the same shit as he did and runs that shit. So yeah. that's not the reason. They just want to get rid of this guy. Well, he got mad because on the Internet Archive you could check out PDF versions of books, right? And he saw some of his books were on there, and people were checking them out for free to go read them. And it was a program they were doing to, like, help out with the fact that most libraries are closed because of coronavirus. Yeah. They were like, we have books here. You can check them out. And this is a PDF copy someone donated to us. It's like a weird system where it uses a special, like, key or something so that it's only one person. It's like a physical, it's like as a physical book, exists digitally, right? So you check it out, you read it, and then you check it back in, someone else can check it out. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting little system. Yeah. He got, he got pissed. But they were like, dude, people bought the PDF version of your book and donated it to us to have the key to give to other people. And we all those copies we have were already bought, and he didn't he just didn't care. So he sued them, I guess, and now they're being taken down because of this. They 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 hosted a lot of shit that you can't get anymore. Like yeah. books don't exist anymore, and that just sucks. And they do Chuck Wendig, fuck you. So I mean, there's no way around that. They're getting taken down. They can't like just remove some of the content. And they're like gonna that. fight it in court, okay. uh, but it could be a broader thing. For now, they're taking it down, I guess, because yeah. they don't want to get sued for more stuff. Copyright is the stupidest shit in the fucking world. It's happening now on uh, Twitch streams. Um, yeah. Just just the other day, um, one of the big record labels, I think it was RCA Records, they they're testing their new system for uh, like automatic DMCA's to just hit. You know, as soon as you play one of their songs, you know, you get a strike for it. They tested it with just two of their songs. I can't remember what the two songs were, but they just tested it. And what it does is it goes through every Twitch VOD, Twitch clip, everything. And it just says, were these songs played? Okay, boom, you get a strike. And a bunch of streamers got strikes just from these two songs. And the way Twitch's system currently works is if a streamer gets three strikes, then they're out, they're permanently banned from Twitch. Um, and when it comes to DMCA stuff. And a lot of their biggest streamers, you know, will play very popular songs on their streams just while they're playing, just because it's what they do. So, and of course, the system hasn't gone into complete um, effect yet, but people, have, like, some people just went, and they're, they're, like, and Twitch is offering no solutions. They're like, oh, um, what you can do is you can delete every video you've ever, like, every clip, every video you've ever done. And the funny thing is, you're only able to delete up to two years after that, like if you've been on for longer than two years, then Twitch has to delete it. So you have to go and ask them to do it, and they're not going to fucking do it. So you can still get DMCA strike for something that you didn't even want to be up anymore. Um, And so, yeah, they're going to, they're definitely going to have to deal with that some way, because the the bottom line is, people keep saying, is like, Twitch's top streamers, these people who get, you know, 50,000 viewers or whatever, they're they're not going to let them get three strikes they're just not going to do it because that's that's a big hit for them and them especially so something's going to happen people are taking this to court there's now there's a lot of um you know a big push to like have like royalty free music and stuff and people are like putting up a lot of free stuff um which is cool but also it's just like just let people, it's like i'm not watching a streamer to listen to your song like any 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 money that streamer makes because of the, of their stream is not because of the music. I can listen to music whenever I want. All the music in the world is on YouTube and Spotify. Okay, yeah, that's not a problem. So what? Why be like? Oh, they're you know because the whole argument is oh they're they are making money. A lot of them are not making money through donations or subs, and they're playing our song. So our song is contributing to them making money, and they didn't pay us, which is like the stupidest idea ever. Because it doesn't contribute in that way. They could not play the music just as easily and still be popular. So it's it's really weird. And I think copyright is really stupid. And people, I mean, I don't know. We need to get to a place where you have to be a little bit smarter about the way you strike things. Here's what I don't get. Like you said, every song ever is on YouTube now. Yeah. I have a playlist I've made for myself to listen to music on, right? When I want to sit at the computer or whatever. If I can go to YouTube and find any song in the world and put it on a playlist for myself and play it, then how are they getting money off of that? 
Well, is YouTube paying them when I listen to stuff? Well, YouTube has ads. But I got ad block. Well, that's ad block. I mean, you can't control that. I mean, yeah, well, some, some places can. I, I mean, some places do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just ad block. Re- regularly, they assume we're going to be making ad money off of this song. But, I mean, haven't we already proven several times over that ads aren't actually making money for anybody? That it's just, like, all a, a fugazi? Yeah, ads suck. And people don't like them. And nope. um, people are literally willing to pay. To, I mean, whenever I have, like, in the counted number of times that I've watched, like, regular, like, cable television in the past two or three years, I'm like, how do people deal with this? How did I live 20 or so years of my life watching commercials all the time? Because it slows down your day to a fucking trickle. If you watch a Harry Potter movie on television, they are four and a half hours long. Yeah. It's wild, dude. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Ads are stupid, and... Yeah, people... If a streamer is making money, or a YouTube person is making money, it is not because somebody's like, Oh, I gotta hear this song. Mm-hmm. Okay, ever. How, how does that even work? So, I don't I, know. I think that, uh, and when we say that copyright sucks, I know a lot of people out there who are creatives will say that we need copyright because how else will we make money off of our stuff? My response to that would be we need to organize society in such a way that you're worth, or sorry, that, that the resources you acquire to live are not dependent on your output, you know, in terms of stuff or labor. We should, hey, yeah, you should make simple. the music that you want to make and, you know, be just as fulfilled as everyone else. And the person who's using it, whether it be in a movie or a YouTube video or a stream, should be able to use it and then do their thing. And it also be just, just as fulfilled as you are. I mean, I don't know. I just, I think people don't really see that as a possibility. Yeah, just abolish capitalism real quick and <laughs> exactly. figure it out. It's so easy. Also, another bit of funny uh internet drama is this guy what's his name chris delia did you see this yeah that's the stand-up comedian see what happened with him i see he's getting some like uh me too and like uh like weinstein kind of allegations against him yeah there's like there's some pedophilia uh accusations out there that he was sending uh probably dick pics to minors using snapchat mm-hmm and there's a great clip going around. Or I guess he's on, he's on a podcast at some point. And they're talking about a woman who was caught, you know, sending uh, uh, nudes to students of hers. Uh, she was an adult, and they were kids uh, on Snapchat. And he's like, "Wait a minute, hold on. How did they get a hold of this? Like, Snapchat deletes automatically, right?" And they were like, "Well, they probably use a screen capture thing." And his face. This is before the allegations came out. Yeah. His face is just like, "Oh shit." Yeah, I saw a podcast. I saw one a clip from a podcast. It was just I, I'm, I know both of the guys. I just don't know what they're from. They're like, I guess they're like lower level comedians or whatever. There's on a podcast talking about Chris D'Elia and like how they like if they wanted to trick him into giving them money. And the first thing one of them says is like, "Oh, I would dress up as a 17 year old girl and go to his apartment." And then and then they're both like, and then one of them just had to be like, "Oh, he doesn't he doesn't bang underage girls though, right?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, of course not." And they were just laughing off, but it's like, and that's the first thing somebody who knows you is going to something's up i think some low-key shit was being said right there yeah i think that uh yeah that's the first thing your friends say or people who know you say then yeah something's going on there was maybe a little bit too much truth in that statement yeah may had to roll back on it but yeah it did generally blow his mind on that podcast you could save snapchat videos (laughs) that could be seen later yeah um and I guess it makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of people... I mean, we're, we're just talking about uh, Twitch streams and a person who owns a, uh, a content group. I think it's called OPG. He just got a bunch of fucking rape allegations against him the other night and already like, stepped away from his job and streamers are leaving his, his content group and stuff already. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's happening all over the place. It's good. I mean, take these motherfuckers oh. down. Okay. Oh, for sure. Well, I th- personally, I think that Joe Biden killed me too. You think so? Yeah, I think Joe Biden killed me too because they refused to 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 step up to the plate and deal with him like they should have, and so yeah, why would they do it to anybody else? Yeah, because a lot of the Me Too people, I mean, Me Too is a great movement, but a lot of them were you know normal libs, dims, and when the only poster boy they have left got got allegations, what were they to do? 
Yeah. And it can't turn against him, you know, unless you even what's alternative there. Yeah. Vote for somebody good in the first chambers. place. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, Seth, so I wanted to lighten up real quick. Yeah. Talk to you about something. Well, actually, we're not going to lighten up. We're going to get much darker. Uh-oh. And grim and gritty and gross and evil. We're going to talk about Last of Us Part 2. Oh. Something that's... So, Seth. Losing my mind about, actually. I'm sure you've heard the the, the internet chatter about this game. Mm-hmm. What, what have you heard? Who? So, I've watched, um... I've watched what is essentially the whole game at this point through YouTube videos because uh, once the story the story was spoiled for me and the leaks and then was confirmed by the game actually coming out, I was like, yeah, this isn't the game for me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it is. It's one of those weird things where it's getting it got before it came out like rave reviews from a lot of critic sites, um, trusted ones, you know, not very trustworthy ones. People were like, oh yeah, this game is great. And what they didn't want to mention, because apparently like, they were barred from talking about the second half of the game, which I guess, from what I can tell, is like about you know two to seven hours into the game, depending on what you consider the half to be. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone out there who does want to experience the game for some reason. But basically, Neil Cuckman, as his, I will now call him, is the lead writer of the game, and he made a bunch of really, I mean, bold decisions for sure, but also bad ones. And not only does it make, it makes a bad story, it also kind of makes a bad, I don't know, how do you put it? It's it's creating a lot of bad chatter on the internet. Um, people who are already not very accepting of women in games, and maybe trans characters and LGBT characters, um, were... People who are already like not super on board with it, but maybe getting closer to it, have just been set off the rails. Because in this game, some of the characters that are part of these groups and who aren't even part of these like like one of the the, the big bad of the game is everyone is calling them a, a trans girl, but they're not actually. I found out. I, I was re- reading her song before I found out she's not actually trans. She's just muscular. And they're like, oh, the trans girl, fucking worst part of the game, stupid piece of shit or whatever. Which, reading the story, yeah, she is kind of the worst part of the game. But it's not because she's trans, which she's not anyway. Uh, it's just because she's bad. Because Neil Cuckman wrote a bad character. I mean, it's not not the fu- the fault of what she is, and it sucks even more because I mean, it was it was awesome that one of the biggest games of the past couple of years was gonna make a big platform because there are actual LGBT characters, and I think there is a re- an actual trans character as well in the game. Um, that are in a big AAA blockbuster, like a sequel to one of the I mean, what is considered to be one of the greatest video games of all time. You're putting this platform on them, and now people are just shitting on them relentlessly because of just how bad the story is and because of this, the decision or the the stuff that uh, uh, the player of the game is forced to do whether they want to or not it's like from what i've heard the moment to moment gameplay is good if you like last of us one you will like this it's stealth action that kind of yeah stuff. i mean I've, I've, people have been singing the praises yeah. of the graphics the gameplay and a lot of physics so i've seen some cool like physics from the game um, that's none of that is the issue. They, as far no. as game making goes, they've made something very probably outstanding. But when you, it's like it's like a shit sandwich. You can wrap it up as much as you want, but it's yeah. still going to be have shit in the middle of yeah. it. At the end of the day, a game like Skyrim can have a bad story, which it does. It has a very bland, generic story, and nobody will care because there's so much other shit to do. But the the Last of Us and the whole like Naughty Dog thing, or maybe except for the Uncharted games, um, depending on what you think, are story. It's like you are basically playing what should be a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And if you make the best game possible, but the story is bad and the decisions that the player has to make are bad, then yeah, it's just a, a, a really, really polished turd. The Last of Us Part 2, apparently the thesis of the game is, hey, did you know that maybe violence is bad? Yeah. Like, incredible, oh yeah, crazy, great deep thoughts there, Neil. I'm really, I'm engaged yeah. with this. and he told me about um, his whole inception or conception of this idea. Uh, do you want to tell me, want to elaborate on what, what made him, what his thesis for The Last of Us 2 was? There was an interview I saw of him before the game came out where he said that as a child he watched uh, a video in school 
of uh, uh, a lynching taking place. We talked about this last week, a, a southern you know, lynching of a black man. And he said that he was a kid, he felt so pissed and so angry at the people who were doing it, who were in the crowd that were lynching this man, and he thought that they were just evil and should be you know, all killed. Alright, awesome, Neil. Great. <laughs> Hey, great! Good you're, job, done, you're done there, right? Interview over. Yeah. I might grab lunch. <laughs> Unfortunately, he kept going, and he said that as an adult, though, he realized that he should not have been that angry at them, and that anger of that degree, the seeking of revenge, is ugly, and it makes you feel bad on the inside to hold on to hate like that. And to which I would say, okay, yeah, you have a point there, Neil. But not in this situation. In this one, it's justified. Yeah, maybe you don't hold a grudge against someone who, you know, rear-ended you one time. Maybe you don't want to murder them. But Your childhood maybe, bully. Yeah, but maybe if somebody murders somebody just because of their race or their sexuality or just because of anything ancillary, or if they murder somebody who's, like, really close to you and means a lot to you, maybe you are kind of okay in wanting to kill them. You know? Yeah. It's like, I mean, here, no like, one's going to feel bad if you kill somebody who lynched someone. Like, there's this idea that hate is a bad thing. And, okay, yeah, sure, certain types of hate, like racial hatred, you know, misogynistic hatred, that kind of stuff, are bad. But hatred can also be an incredibly powerful motivator, right? Like, how do we expect to win the class war if we don't hate the bourgeoisie, you know? Like, uh, like what are we going to do? We're going to strongly dislike the bourgeoisie enough to yeah. win? But then you get because, into this scenario... Where, if you don't like Last of Us 2 because of the story, you're going to get lumped in with people who don't like it because they don't like gay people and trans people and women and anything that isn't just part of their object permanence they got when they were five years old. Um, it's a culture war. It's a culture war, yeah. And it's really, it's really hard to um, criticize the game without getting lumped in with those people. Yeah. It's like Star Wars, the sequels. You couldn't criticize them, right? Because you get lumped in with the MRAs who are mad that Ray was the main character or whatever. Or exactly. Finn was black. As much as I love um, The Last Jedi, I mean, there are people out there who don't like the movie and a lot and, and have valid reasons for why they don't like it in their own mind, but they got lumped in with people who, like, hated Kelly Marie Tran because she's a woman and Asian. And yeah. it's like, I mean, yeah, you didn't like the movie, but maybe, I mean, you probably don't deserve to be lumped in with those people. Um, no, sorry, Seth. Let's let's be honest. They like her because she wasn't hot, in their opinion. Oh, that's true. I guess if it, if if it was you know something different, they might have they might have thought that. But yeah, and that was the that was the most that's always saw they called her ugly was the thing I saw on the internet so much, and I was like, fuck off. Yeah. What are you? You think you're fucking? I don't know, Fabio yeah. over here. Running what if they po- what if they posted a picture and it was Fabio though? Fuck. Fuck. I've been old. God damn. Although I'm sure Fabio doesn't look that good anymore. He's old now, right? He's, he's getting old. Yeah. He's probably falling apart. But it's just like the last of us part two, the thing the thing about it is is that it's such an amateurish observation that hate is maybe a negative thing in your life yeah. and you shouldn't hold on to it. But the example he is given is of a lynch mob who you are justified in hating. Yeah. Like he could have gone it could have been like, Oh, one of my you know, one of my cousins made a fool out of me when I was a kid at a picnic and it's like and I hated him for so long and I wanted to let it go if he said that I'd be like okay maybe Neil maybe but he went to like one of those extreme obvious yeah these are bad people examples of something to do do you know what it reminded me of so much by the way what Bioshock Infinite ah yes where everyone in the world myself included was sucking that game off for like a month after it came out because to be fair, your first time through, it's a blast to play, yeah, yeah, and the graphics were incredible. The visual design of it was fantastic. Um, but the story takes a real weird turn. The story about the and the morals? Because in the, in the game, this is I, I, I'll say this because it's old enough we can talk about it. Yeah. In the game, there's Columbia, the city you've gotten to, right, where white supremacists reign supreme and worship the founding fathers of, of America as gods almost, right? And black people are basically still kept as slaves in this city, and, and they hate minorities of all kinds. And you fight these people, right, eventually, and you help the Vox, who are this, like, populist uprising of minorities against the, 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 the white, you know, upper class that's holding on to the city. Yeah. But then, at a certain point, the Vox is like, by the way, we kill kids or something like that. And I'm like, what? 
what's going like why is daisy fitzroy now being a, an evil person yeah i don't get it and it's just like the, the game's thesis says hey what if both sides are bad both yeah. sides between slave masters and slaves yeah i think the bioshock infinite it benefited from two things one is that it's a fantasy so you can kind of be you can kind of explain around it and be like oh actually you know saying this and blah 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 and then Took, it took us like a month or two, some people up to even a year, to be like, okay, actually, I guess it was bad. And two, it came out in a much different America. Things were a yeah. lot different and a lot simpler for good and for bad back when Bioshock Infinite came out. And we could just kind of be like, oh yeah, I guess everybody's bad, you know, next. But it's a little different now. Yeah. Even at the time, I had a problem with it, because I was like, wait, why is the Fox now bad guys? Am I fighting them? And it just never satisfied me, this explanation that which was much a non-explanation of it, but it's just like it's just it's a situation. The same problem that that Neil Cuckman has is you the the thesis is 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 good in a way. Like yeah, sure, both sides of a conflict can be bad. We get that. Sure, understandable. You know, logic. But you got to pick two sides that are actually equally bad, and slaves and masters are not going to be equally bad. Yeah, it's uh. Pretty cut and dry on that one, I think. Um, it's like the people who are mad at the Haitian Revolution because the Haitian revolutionaries killed children, like the white children. I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck. Like, they suffered some of the worst shit imaginable humans have ever gone through at the slave with the fucking sugarcane plantations. Fuck you! If they want to kill some kids, who gives a fuck? Yeah, quote me on that. Yeah, Ben, put that in the next intro. And then here, in, in this, in with fucking Last of Us Part 2, not in the actual game itself, but his, his whole thing about the lynch mob, if you want to go and fucking kill the guys who are trying to lynch somebody, or did lynch somebody, you're justified in doing that because they're racist monsters. Like, fuck them. Yeah. And all that aside, even if you didn't have that interview, the story the game tells is bad. It it is. I mean, whether you whether you if you know the story and you think that people are just saying this because they wanted more fan service or whatever, um, I've watched the whole game at this point basically, and I gotta say it. Even if people are just too attached to some of these characters and to some of these events, it's just a bad follow up. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't do much. It doesn't explore much else with the world. It kind of just lashes on to this to his whole thesis about revenge and violence being bad. Um, it doesn't feel like a new Last of Us game when you when you watch it. It's not it's not really that kind of um, experience. And yeah, I just think that uh, it was a, it was a big swing and a miss. And the the thing is, all the praises, I mean, whether these critics were paid off or not isn't really my my bad. The whole thing is, people are like, oh, the storytelling is very good, and I have heard that. I've heard people who play the game and legitimately have been like. The story, like the way they tell the story and they craft it and the, the, the callbacks and the events that unfold are, they all make sense. They flow together and they, you know, they, yeah, I've, I've seen the game. It's very coherent. And the story is like, the way they tell it is good, but no one is over here like, oh, the story is good. I still have not, mm -hmm. even from the people who love it the most, I've not heard the story is good. Um, that's what that game is to me, is a story. From what I've heard, it's just misery porn. Yeah, I'll say I've I heard that at first. Upon watching it, I think it's a little less misery porn um, than people are making it out to be. There are some some moments, or a good amount of moments of levity, but at some points, there's almost too much levity. There's moments mm -hmm. where I'm watching it and I'm like, "Go! There's more important things to do," and the characters are just you know kind of having fun. And I'm like, "No, go, go!" So yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think sometimes the game has problem finding its footing, deciding what it wants to be. And, yeah, I mean, if this if this was, you know, Grimdark 2, a game nobody cared about, I'd be like, whatever, I guess the story is okay. But this is a sequel to a game that a lot of people consider to have one of the best stories, one of the best conclusions of any story. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they, they just, they drop the ball on it, and Cuckman can sit behind his computer and tweet all day about how the reviews are good and how the sales are good, but that doesn't make him a good writer. And it doesn't make any of his ideas good. I maintain that the only sequel I could have made to The Last of Us would be a chill uh, city builder game where you expand uh, Tommy's settlement from the end of the first game. And it's kind of like, yep, we're taking back to territory here. And yeah, wind farm and here. that's the thing. was When I saw Last of Us Part 2 was coming out, I was like, 
this does not need to happen. The Last of Us, I, I will I attest to this, the very last final second of any video game ever. Maybe maybe of a lot of st- movies, stories, a lot of stuff. It has the best final moment I've ever seen. Tears in my eyes. I yeah. loved it. And I was like, okay, they're making a sequel. I don't really like that. And then the initial gameplay, the initial trailer they, sh- they showed was really cool. And I was like, okay, okay. Maybe I'll trust Naughty Dog on this one. And then they just threw all that away. Those those leaks, thank you to the guy who leaked the story so that I didn't pre-order this game. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Because um, you kept me from, from making that decision. I will say this. Another idea, a sequel could have been just completely unrelated. Set it in goddamn China or Europe or something, you know? Like, don't even fuck with America. We, we saw that story. No need, right? Like... Go somewhere else to a whole new store, whole new characters. Yeah, and that's another. I, I mean, could have done that's that. a very popular thing to do these days, especially in a world like The Last of Us. You can just be like, "All right, here's somebody else within within the universe. What what's going on to them?" Um, yeah, no no problems with that. But yeah, they just decided to do something very um, specific. And hey, I mean, it's a big two hundred million dollar video game made by one of the most competent video game developers there is. Um, as we as I've said, the gameplay, the the graphics, everything is outstanding in that game. Um, nothing really wrong with it there. But if your game hinges on its story and it's bad, I'm just I'm not gonna play it. I'm sorry. And I wish the story wasn't so bad that I could have played it because it, it does seem yeah. like it will be a rewarding experience to play another one of their games. But now I gotta wait for whatever they're doing next. I had a lot of fun with the with, with uh, the Last of Us. That was a great game. Yeah, I was a fucking laugh riot that game was. I was fucking, <laughs> I was a fucking chuckle hut that game. I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't that dark, really. No, no, uh, no. But there, I mean, the big moments are very, very dark. Uh, obviously, Seth, can we agree real fast on this podcast publicly that Joel did nothing wrong? Joel from Last yeah. of Us? Yeah. No, of course not. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> The common opinion on the internet is actually he's a, he's a monster and a bad person. No, fuck that. He should have he, he should have let them kill Ellie and and accomplish nothing in the process. Yeah, well, short short minded um, <laughs> ridiculousness. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board. He did the right thing. Maybe in the moment when I was younger, I was like, eh, that's kind of fucked up. But then I, when I think about it, and I'm like, I'm not. I mean, you kind of spoil a little bit. I'm not going to spoil the rest, but. In the world they're living in, I don't really think it would have been able to... It wouldn't have been feasible to do what they were trying to do in the first place. So, why not keep your friend? Dude, the game is super old. We can spoil it at this point. The Fireflies want to take Ellie's immunity to the Cordyceps fungus, right? And use it and give it to other people. He, hey, dipshit. The zombies still try and eat her. Your big problem is still present. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by, by the, the way, way, you could... Um, for better or worse... They don't expand on that much in the new game, which I'm like kind of okay with because I'm like, I don't really need a let's find a cure plot. I think that would have been even maybe even a little more. That would have been too trite. Whereas this a little Mm -hmm. little more ambitious. Um, So I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, But yeah, it's I don't know. Didn't need a sequel. Didn't get a very good one. When World War Z has a better cure for its zombie virus than your fucking thing. Rethink your shit. Yeah, the movie World War Z. The movie had a better explanation for how that shit would end than The Last of Us did. Yeah. Did you ever see it, Seth? The movie? No. You want me to tell you what, what it is? What is it? They find out the zombies don't want to eat people who are infected with a life, with a, with a, with a, a fatal disease. So, so they give everyone they, cancer. Well, they infect everyone with fatal but treatable diseases. And that way they can walk past the zombies and the zombies won't do anything to them. And just like shoot them down and reclaim parts of the world. That's a better... If, if, if Ellie was not going to be eaten by the zombies, okay, sure. You're, it, it makes sense to me. I get it. But the way it was set up, no. It was terrible. Joel did nothing wrong. Joel yeah, forever. Yeah, that... I love, I love Joel. And, yeah, it's, uh, and I will say that you called it out first, but I did go on the internet looking for the spoilers, I guess, for The Last of Us Part Two, like to see certain scenes that he were talking about. And the incredible amount... I, I mostly looked at Reddit. The yeah. incredible amount of transphobia and just hateful, hateful language that was employed on there was just fucking disgusting. Like, yeah. cesspit of the internet, these people. And it was literally just because 
the one of the girls in the, the game is muscular. That's all it is. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, I remember a couple of years ago, the internet was fucking creaming their jeans for Ronda Rousey. And what is yeah. she? She's not trans. She's just a muscular girl. What, what, mm-hmm. Why the fuck is this character any different? Like, what what, what gives Ronda Rousey a weird, a weird pass on the internet? You know? Well, they moved on, by the way. Like, oh, she's not trans, but no woman could get that cut without steroids. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, there are fungus zombies eating yeah. people in this game. Realism is gone. Yeah, sus- Forget it. Suspend your disbelief. And if you have to believe it, her dad's a doctor. Okay? Maybe she fucking hit up the hospital and fucking roided out. I don't fucking know. That's not important to what's going on. Doesn't fucking matter. It's again, it's the same problem that people had with Kelly Marie Tran. She's not hot. You know? Or to to their perspective. She's not hot, right? Yeah. So, so she's just trash, apparently. That's how how it is. And and again, like you said, you criticize, you can throw it over those guys and fuck those people. I just want to point out here on this podcast... Fuck you if yeah. you're being transphobic or or you hate gay people or whatever because this game or, or just because there's women in the game. Yeah, fuck off. It's also like Please I said, die. it's so funny that I, I have to say that they're transphobic because the character isn't trans. No. But we have to because because they're being transphobic and it's like it's so we're in such a weird space that just because a, a girl looks different than what they expected that she's all of a sudden a man. They've convinced themselves she's transgender and that's the really fucked yeah. up part. And I heard I heard it for so long. I was like, oh, that must be part of the game. Because I know there's flashbacks with that character, so I was like, oh, I guess maybe in the flashback she's a guy, and that's kind of like piece it together. No! Flashback, she's a girl. Always been yeah. one. No, no, no different, really. Just muscular now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. She just hit the gym for a couple of years and, and yeah. came out looking that way. And I'm kind of okay with that. Fuck you. I don't care. Her appearance is not the problem. Yeah. That's not the thing that I hate. Yeah, no. All the characters could be, like, dots. And it would still be the story would still be bad. They could just be yeah. little dots of, of no race, no no musculature, no anything, no sex, anything. But the people talk about how the game is like a victory for representation because you know you have lesbians, you have a, a muscular woman, you know you got people of color and prominent roles in the game. And I'm like, none of that fucking shit really matters though, right? And it's like the story still fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, and once again, if you have all that representation and if it turns into a reviled game. Then you kind of did more bad than good. Yeah, you wasted your shot on a, a shitty yeah. thing. Once again, two like a two hundred million dollar game follow up to one of the most successful games, and I don't know they they really they really missed the ball. And I'm not once I'm not saying I have a better pitch for what the sequel should be because I don't think there should be one. Yeah. But this wasn't it. Do you think Ellen Page ever sued them? I don't know. I, th- I think that I think that the Last of Us was actually kind of good for her career. So she was like, ah, I'll just, hey, whatever. I'm good on you guys. Well, she chose the wrong video game to give her likeness to. Wasn't she in uh, Beyond Two Souls? Yep. Um, uh, oh my god. I've actually... A David uh, Cage joint? Yeah, I've heard that their latest game, Detroit Become Human, is pretty good. It just hits Are steam. you being sarcastic right now? No, I mean, I've, I've, legit, I've heard a lot of good reviews for it. It's actually extremely bad. Really? Yeah. Damn, I'm thinking about playing it. It's like the most heavy-handed racism metaphor ever, and it's like a French guy who thinks he understands black people in America, and he very much doesn't. Now I have to play it. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not it's not offensively like glaring or whatever. It's just stupid. It's like, hey, press square to quote Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> what? It's like literally press square to say I have a dream. Okay, uh, now now I'm definitely playing. It's on Steam now, so I'm gonna play that. I will say that David Cage is a creep because someone did find in the Beyond Two Souls source files that there's a scene where Ellen Page takes a shower and uh, you don't see anything, obviously, but they modeled her entire nude body, including her vagina, in in the game. You don't yeah. see it, but I'm like, that's sus. Yeah, it's all right. We had to. It, it was, at one <laughs> point, it was very integral to the whole story. Um, you have no idea where the shower scene was going to go. <laughs> We had to see your vaginal folds, or not see them, but had them on your model for 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 authenticity's yeah, sake. Just just in case we got there. Yeah, um, that is a style of game that I mean, I guess for some reason we're only letting that guy do it, but I think more people should be should should try to be able to make games like that, like Heavy Rain and all that. You know, yeah, I think that's a cool idea for people who like maybe aren't super combat heavy or just want to see a cool story, like a little movie play out in front of them. I think it's a cool idea, and we should have. More, more of that by different people, I think. I think the closest analog would be the Telltale games, right? Yeah, the Telltale Tell is doing a good idea, a, a good job of that. More cartoony, more, you know, based mm-hmm. on properties. 
Whereas, I mean, you know, Olka did, not very cartoony. Yeah, yeah, really but based on an existing good. property, which, I mean, it didn't yes. tell the same story, but... And that's one thing I'll give to David Cage's stories, is they're all, they're original. As far as I know, they're they're not based on a lot of source material, and he just, he just has a lot of free, free reign. A lot of, they a lot may of free, be heavy reign, if you will, to do whatever <laughs> he wants. I will say, everyone out there, if you get the chance, you should go back and play Indigo Prophecy, because... That's a game where it starts out where you're trying to hide a dead body in a bathroom. You're not sure how the dead body got there. And three hours later, you're fighting giant space fleas amongst Mayan pyramids in New York City while running on walls and shooting lasers. And then 20 minutes later, you're having zombie sex where you have to thrust as part of a QTE. So check that one out. All right, I'm adding that to my wish list (laughs) presently. (laughs) It's wild shit, dude. Anyways, is that a podcast? That's, that's been a, a, a ep. An ep? Yeah. But a, not an Epstein. No, a mic a, a mic ep. A mic ep. We should talk about that thing I saw from uh, Western Germany where they were 30 years, they were placing uh, orphans with pedophiles on purpose as part of the foster care system because they thought they'd make for better parents. I mean, that you, what you just said speaks for itself, I think. Uh, <laughs> Patently bad idea, and uh, <laughs> a real Last of Us Two scenario, if you will. <laughs> Just imagine I said all of that, and then the Arrested Development, or sorry, the uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm theme plays. Exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, or like the uh, Always Sunny, the gang. Oh yeah. Places children with pedophiles. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the fucking uh, title. Anyways. Uh, this has been the Lingles Podcast. I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on uh, Letterboxd at Knazer, S-K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S, and on Twitter at Seth. What's your last review on uh, Letterboxd, Seth? Uh, it's been a little bit, but I think it was Ladybird. I rewatched that a couple, oh. uh, like a week or two ago. So. I watched it for the first time. I think this year it's a very good movie. I've I really I've seen it three or four times now. I re- I really really love that movie. So it hit. It, I got on Netflix the other day and I was like, eh, this sounds great. So, all right. Uh, our art is done by Marcus Barkley, uh, who is usually on the podcast is not currently, uh, but you can find him on uh, Instagram at Mister Beaches. Our theme song is done by Ben Powell. He's been on the show before, especially our movie reviews. He has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they're uh, they're both from the South and talk about wrestling. I guess they're going to talk about how Randy Orton is the greatest wrestler of all time now. Um, Wait, what? It's a, it's a long story. Maybe if you if you check out Southern Smackdown, you figure out what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so yeah, check that out. It sounds interesting. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Uh, fuck uh, Neil Cuckman. And Chuck Wendig. And Chuck Wendig. Uh, we have stopped trying to solve our problems and are trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans from New York, that's the Elenio's Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.